Lasso. Good morning. We return now to the four measurables, to compassion, and it's said generally of the Buddha Dharma in Tibetan, it has its very root compassion. This is utterly the core. If one wanted to elaborate, one would say, well, wisdom and compassion. But compassion actually is enough because the wisdom comes out of it. We are always, always translating. When teaching Buddhism in a non-Buddhist country, we're always translating into a new language that doesn't already have a pre-existing vocabulary that is specifically Buddhist. So we translate this term, Nyingje, or Karuna. Karuna in Sanskrit is compassion. But again, it's important to see what is meant by this term that now we're adopting. It's a good translation. I'll stick with it. But compassion in English often implies an emotion. An emotion, simply, oh, compassion. If a person sees another person in suffering and starts weeping, think, oh, you're so compassionate, you're so compassionate. I see all the emotion coming up. Compassion is not an emotion, not in the Buddhist understanding. Of course, that's the perspective from which I'm quite homogeneously teaching here. Compassion is not an emotion. Empathy is an emotion. Sympathy is an emotion. And it may be a very worthy, a very meaningful emotion. In fact, one can say, without empathy, compassion is not possible. If there's no feeling with, if there's no emotion at all, then how would you ever, why would an aspiration that another person would be free of suffering, why would that arise if you don't have any sense of it, if they, if they look like a robot to you, if you don't empathize with them? So compassion is an aspiration, as is loving kindness. Is it an aspiration? It is kind of like the flip side of the coin of loving kindness. Loving kindness is this positive aspiration. May we find happiness in the causes of happiness. But then we recognize, ah, but we're vulnerable to suffering. So compassion comes right in. And compassion is the aspiration, may we be free of suffering <clears throat> and the causes of suffering. <clears throat> so it's an aspiration. <clears throat> but it's not the same as empathy, <clears throat> not the same as sympathy. One may feel very strong emotion as one witnesses another person suffering, and yet compassion may not arise if it doesn't actually give rise to an aspiration, may you be free, if it's just a lot of sadness, maybe falling into dismay and depression and despair. That's not compassion. It's just dismay, depression, despair. It may be very empathetical, but who is, it, who is it doing any good for? I don't think so. So compassion is an aspiration, and it's such a deep one, because it's attending not only to the suffering, the manifest suffering itself, but it's also attending to the underlying causes. <clears throat> Interesting, interestingly, with this important distinction between empathy, or one could say sympathy, and compassion, there's a very clear difference. One is simply the feeling with, one is the based upon some empathy, a real heartfelt aspiration that the other may be free of suffering. It turns out, quite interestingly, that one of the, oh, really top-notch neuroscientists in all of Europe and her father is also very eminent. Wolfzinger is the father, and his daughter Tanya Zinger is a first-rate first -rate neuroscientist, now has her own laboratory in Leipzig. She's one of the world experts among cognitive, psych, uh, cognitive neuroscientists, and found that actually the neurocorrelates of empathy and compassion are different. So it's also interesting, even, in, even a biological difference in terms of the brain functions contributing to these different mental processes. So profoundly related, but not identical. Compassion is an aspiration. It can be directed towards oneself. It can be directed towards others. And as we venture into 
our initial meditation or meditative cultivation of compassion today, I'd like to focus on kind of the thinnest or the most obvious dimension of suffering. It's often called in Buddhism the suffering of suffering, blatant suffering, the actual pain we experience in the body, the suffering we experience in the mind, and wishing that we may be free of such suffering. But compassion always is also has an element of wisdom built in. That's why you, so we can really say compassion is the root of Bodhidharma, because <clears throat> it's not only this wish, oh, may you be free of suffering, and then stopping there. But it's may you be free of the cause of the suffering. That takes some wisdom. Often the causes of the suffering are not so obvious. And so if we look at this dimension of blatant suffering, blatant suffering, much of it in the world, certainly not all, but much of the blatant suffering in the world comes by way of, among the mental afflictions, anger. Within the three higher trainings of ethics, samadhi and wisdom, unethical behavior. Unethical behavior. Unethical behavior by the body of killing, stealing, <clears throat> sexual misconduct. And unethical behavior of speech, where one is dishonest or lying, <clears throat> abusive, slanderous, or just engages in idle gossip. And one considers how much blatant suffering there is apart from, or adding to it with our physical behavior and our, our verbal behavior, one would think it's really quite enough, just aging, sickness, and death natural calamities, and so forth and so on, that gives us more than we can handle already. But then if we compound on top of kind of the suffering that nature dishes up to us, suffering that we create for each other and for other sentient beings by our own misconduct, then one must say, it's very sad. So let's venture into this compassion, the cultivation of compassion in the spirit of aspiration, focusing on ourselves and then others, Please find a comfortable position. Settle your body in its natural state and your respiration in its natural rhythm.
For a little while, calm your discursive mind with mindfulness of breathing, relaxing and letting go with every out-breath. We now turn to the meditative cultivation of compassion. In the earlier meditations, for the cultivation of loving kindness, we venture into the realm of possibility, envisioning, envisioning happiness, well-being, beyond what is presently actual or true. Now as we turn to compassion, we attend to that which is already actual, already real. The suffering that is already present, experienced by sentient beings, ourselves and others, from which we all wish to be free. So loving kindness and compassion both stem from the same root, Tibetan is called sewa, which means simply caring, caring about our own and others' well-being, wishing that each one may find happiness and the causes of happiness, each one find freedom from suffering and its causes. So I invite you now to direct your attention inwards. Because so often we are harsh towards ourselves, 
not compassionate, judgmental, severe, or even mean-spirited and contemptuous towards ourselves. So to remedy this powerful affliction of the mind, direct your compassionate attention to yourself, and to the layers of manifest suffering, blatant suffering to which you are vulnerable, that you've experienced in the past, and that you experience or to which you are vulnerable in the present and the future. In what ways do you suffer? With each in-breath, arouse the yearning. With empathy towards yourself, as odd as that may sound. A heartfelt caring for your own well-being. With each in-breath, arouse the yearning. May I be free of suffering, this blatant, manifest suffering. So much of which tends to stem from anger, hostility, resentment. 
and stems from my own unethical behavior. I'm reaping what I have sown. May I be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. With each in-breath, imagine becoming free. Free of both the suffering and its underlying causes. Whatever circumstances you encounter, imagine responding to it without acting under the influence of the mental poison of anger without responding with unwholesome, injurious behavior by way of the body or speech. Imagine being an agent of peace for yourself and others. Imagine becoming free. And then bring to mind as you let your awareness expand outwards beyond your own being, beyond your own personal self-interest. Bring to mind an individual or a community of individuals experience great suffering, whether physical suffering or mental or both. Bring these individuals clearly to mind and attend closely to them and the suffering they experience so that it becomes real for you 
every in-breath arouse the yearning. May you, like myself, be free. Free of suffering, this blatant suffering, and its underlying causes, whatever they may be. And now with each in-breath, do venture into the realm of possibility. While the suffering is actual and real here and now, embrace the realm of possibility by envisioning their freedom. With the aspiration, may it be so. Let this individual or group of individuals, let their appearance fade back into the space of your mind. And in the same way, turn your attention now to another individual, another group, and practice as before.
release all appearance and all aspirations, all visualization, and rest your awareness in its own nature with no object. Enjoy your day.